BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. From basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, so head to the the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. What's up, H Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Here's Bulky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans, and welcome to episode 69. 69! Of the Believe in Astros podcast <laughs> on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Bulky alongside my partner, Jeff Blum, who apparently went eagle on his little golf outing oh, yesterday, yeah. if Insta is to be believed. A uh, special shout out to Ronnie, the limo driver. From Howard Stern for that little 69 drop, uh, in case you didn't know. That he, uh, yes, we are roughly 12 years old. We're also... We're a yep. little moist this morning. That's right. <laughs> That's what's going on in the world. Yes, an electric of, start. It is an electric start. Blummer, how are you doing this morning? I'm great. I am freshly shorn and uh, yes. I am a true eagler. Uh, yeah. The only reason that video is there is because my good friend and teaching pro Scott House was uh, trying to make me nervous over my eagle putt, but I drained it. Yeah, it was a pretty good. It was what about twenty feet? Was yeah, a pretty good. It was a yeah. good one. Yeah, was a pretty good putt. I mean, it wasn't any. It didn't appear to be any undulating greens or anything. But nevertheless, twenty. That's not bad. Yeah, you couldn't see. It was a little right to left, maybe about oh, two right. cups out to the right, but uh, just uh, slammed it home right in front of Steve Sparks and all my friends. Ah, Sparky was there. That's even better. Yeah. That's even better when you can pop one in front of that guy or anybody yeah, for that matter. Yeah, he's really good. And that was Is the highlight good? of my day on the first hole. Yes. No, Sparky's <laughs> really good. Did you? How did, how did you finish? Oh, I'm, I, I usually finish in the mid to high 80s. Yeah, mm. that's my standard operating procedure. Even eagling, you know, I was I was two under for the first two holes. After that, it was a, a yard sale. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, I do appreciate the freshly shorn. I have not gotten my haircut yet, so the cap will remain on. But uh, but next week, I will be seeing my boy Tom. There we to go the, to get the old. Uh, razors happening uh you can find us on spotify apple stitcher and of course on youtube be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us give us a follow on twitter and on instagram at believe in astros you can find me at jeff balky and blummer at blummer 27 all over the place uh thanks to everyone who gives us five stars and left us reviews on apple you guys are awesome if you haven't go over there and do that immediately uh obviously send us your comments and questions we love getting all those and read them for example Yesterday, I was at Dick's Sporting Goods on mm-hmm. Post Oak, and a lovely woman named Megan approached me and said, are you Jeff Bulky? What? And I was like, uh, I am the Jeff. I, was, <laughs> I said, yeah, you I are. Said, I said, yeah. And she said, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. 
um, oh, which I know. Famous. I know, dude. It's like I'm like Blummer all of a sudden. Yeah, um, careful. And she was, she was, so shout out Megan. Thank you for stopping and saying hello. And we chatted for a minute in the parking lot. Um, and she had a question for you. And I think it's a good one. Um, mm. And uh, so we're going to, I, I want to address that before we even get to anything else, since she was so nice to come up and say hello. Uh, she said, she was asking about when, so Jose Altuve was injured in the WBC, got hit by a pitch on his thumb. And she asked, when guys get hurt, and another person is in some way responsible or if mm-hmm. not responsible, at least involved. Do they ever, do they reach out? Is it normal for them to reach out and say, Hey man, sorry, you know, or is, or is, uh, how does that work? Does anybody do that? Cause I, when she asked me that question, honestly didn't know. And I figured you would. So let's find it, out. Is it normal? No, but okay. it does happen. Yeah. I okay. mean, more often than not, uh, it'll just kind of go, Hey man, oh, well, and you, and you continue to move on. But if it's something drastic or mm-hmm. unintentional, you know, there's, there is, it's not guilt, but it's a little, it, it's like, Hey man, I'm sorry that happened. You know, the nature of the game takes care of itself sometimes and you can't control that. But there are guys out there with a conscience who will come over and go, Hey, that pitch got away. I'm sorry. I slid so hard, you know, I, 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 unintended consequences, but uh, if few and far between when it happens so guys <laughs> usually just kind of go hey guy got hurt and you move on you know at least they're, they're, more often than not the thought is at least it wasn't me <laughs> well man you are playing for a paycheck yep. so <laughs> you better get it while you can speaking of jose altuve he returned last night over for four with a walk i'm gonna take altuve a little bit of time to get in the groove he's a bit of a slow starter um, but just really good to see him back. I mean, right. I mean, the crowd noise. I was actually uh, out uh, right at the beginning of the game. So I flipped on the radio uh, to hear uh, Sparky and um, and Robert Ford. And the, the crowd sounded pretty awesome. So, I mean, what was it like in the building? Uh, it was fantastic. And, you know, that guy brings a certain energy to the ball game. Uh, you know, he's he's short in stature compared to a lot of athletes but what he brings as far as heart and talent is beyond a lot of guys in the big league so even though he didn't get any hits you know had a rough night double play you know things like that uh it's just the energy and the expect it's not the expectation but the anticipation of what Mm. he can do is what brings a lot of that energy to the ballpark and i know that uh we can't see it necessarily, but what he brings to that clubhouse is something that we can't quantify. You can't put it into a computer. There's no algorithm for it. And I think right. that just having him around is a little soothing and exciting at the same time in that clubhouse. So you're right about him being a slow starter. And when he gets his feet under him, his legs under him, psh, watch out, man. This this offense is going to go. Well, he's one of those guys, too, who once he gets going – it's trouble. Like he'll just mm-hmm. reel off. Like he'll he'll have a you know three fifty month or something. He'll just and he'll reel off you know five or six homers in a short period of time. He's just that. That's who he is. Um, so yeah, well everybody need to be patient with him, which is harder with Mauricio Dubon <laughs> being oh, as good as he has been. Um, obviously, he's going to go back to his utility role. But as someone pointed out, uh, I think uh, one of your buddies and one of my buddies, Adam Wexler, pointed out yesterday on the pregame is that he did play seventy plus games at third base in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, right now, as we talked about last time, Alex Bregman doesn't have anybody to really back him up, especially since they sent David Hensley down. So 
might we see a few at, uh, a few third base appearances by Dubon? Just if nothing else, just to give uh, Breggy a rest. Well, he he's going to have to. He's the only utility infielder on this ball club right now, with David Hensley being uh, sent out and uh, going back to Sugarland. So, uh, you know, Mauricio Dubon's going to have that responsibility of backing up both Jeremy Pena and and uh, Alex Bregman at third base. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen Yiner Diaz at first base. I would imagine here in the next week or so, just as a precautionary issue, that he is going to go over there and take ground balls at first base and kind of see what the angles look like at first base and some of the yeah. responsibilities just in case because he has to fill those positions across the infield right and don't be surprised if he plays a little left field and yeah. gives Jordan those dh days and puts Corey jolks on that bench as a weapon late in games i think that might be interesting to see him in left field and then i also think it's very interesting you know how that lineup could shape out you know Jose Altuve is going to be leading off, but do you put Dubon in that two hole and bump Alex, you know, everybody down one notch and put Alex back in that three spot? Or do you put Dubon in that number nine spot, have him be your second quote unquote leadoff guy and put Jeremy Pena back in that two hole? I don't know. I mean, there's so many options now that Altuve's back. Well, I'm I'm kind of fascinated with the idea of Dubon in the nine. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is like other than the first inning, um, you know the nine hitters can be a can be a spark plug for the top of that lineup, um, and I, I would be very interested to see him in that nine hole, especially if it was on a day where Yiner was catching, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you could see him, you know, in that nine spot. I agree with you. I think he is going to play a little left field. I wouldn't be surprised if he spelled Kyle Tucker, um, and you he know could. played played some right play. I mean, Chaz McCormick is probably the more logical replacement for Kyle there. But it wouldn't shock me uh, to see him do a little bit of that. I think the biggest thing is now you're we're seeing getting back into our regular, you know, lineup of players. We're getting yep. with the bench there and um, and all of that. It, it, it just feels more like now we're going to get into more of what we expected from the Astros to start the season. No, and that's you want some of that normalcy coming back. I know that. Um Michael Brantley has had his setbacks and, you know, there's some question marks about his return, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, just getting Altuve back kind of solidifies and does bring some of that normalcy back. And then you've got some options for Dusty as far as the rest of the lineup goes. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the streak, five straight, seven of the last eight. And as Blumstradamus predicted, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the hitting is returned. It's contagious. As you yourself said, Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do it, man? How do you how do you make these? I mean, I'm surprised you're not like doing like the old Johnny Carson bit <laughs> my, and me, putting my on Swami the, hat on the, yeah. the Karnak, you know, the magnificent putting the envelope up to your head. Yep. Um, we're now we're talking about old stuff that there are going to be people like who's Carson? Is yeah, he there's going to be a certain player? demographic in our group that's going to go John, who the it's, hell? It's Johnny Carson. Look it up. Uh, yep. That's why I got him in Google. Um, anyway, so we've, we've got a, we've got a stri- we've got this little bit of a streak going here. Um, what do you see in what's going on, especially with the bats? I mean, we know it was been happening with pitchers, but it's been pretty. I mean, they they've really the Astros have, from a bat perspective, they look more like the Astros we expect them to look like. No, and that that's why I can be as prognosticatish as I have been because mm-hmm. of the past. You kind of rely on history to give you an idea of what the future might look like. And yes, the Astros are getting older, a little longer in the tooth, but at the same time, these guys are still very good hitters. And I do believe that this there is a certain mentality in that clubhouse for the Houston Astros that says, 
you know what? Like we, we saw in that uh, walk-off win against the Chicago Cubs, Jordan Alvarez did not have a good game. He's human. and But we didn't have to panic because the guy behind him picked him up. And I think that's the mentality of this Astros lineup is, if I don't get it done, the guy behind me might get it done. And if I have to take my walk, I'm going to take my walk and see what the next guy can do. It's, just, it's this uh, communal attitude that these guys have towards winning and getting hits and and playing the game it's any given night one of these guys can be the superstar they can be the hero and in order for those guys to be the hero you need guys in front of you to take the walk to get the tough base hit to move those runners along and create traffic so that you can drive in that game winning run and have an impact on that game. And so that's where I think the Astros are a little bit different, where you can see some individualistic ball clubs like the Chicago Cubs, like the Oakland A's, where they're out there just fighting for their own numbers, not worrying about who's winning or who's losing that game. And that's what makes the Astros a championship ball club. They've got a mentality in that clubhouse that buys all in, all together, and that's why they're able to go out there and be successful and create that contagion that that filters through that entire uh, batting lineup. Absolutely. And and let's talk a little bit about that comeback because that was something. I mean, first of mm. all, let's even going back to before that, on Tuesday, we had Chaz McCormick make the play of the season. Dear in God, that field. was amazing. Yeah. It's so funny. I was at that game and uh the Jackson Gorman, who's photographer of the press, he was he was shooting the whole uh, Cubs series. And he, right after the game, he texted me with his photos of that catch, and it was literally just the backside of the Cubs third base coach. And underneath <laughs> it, all it said was, "Are you freaking kidding me?" That's yeah, all. It, that's, that's all. That's all it said. But um, he made like a just uh, he just keeps making these insane catches, right? Yeah. Um, just unbelievable. And, and c- congrats to the Chronicle photographer who, who actually uh, got the shot. Karen just Miller, a, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just amazing photos. Just as someone yeah. who's been shooting with, with a camera since he was old enough to hold one, I can tell you that is impressive to get that shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I still, yeah, there's so many pictures throughout the, you know, the chronicles of sports that uh, we amaze ourselves at because Man. you watch it in real time, you replay it in your mind, you watch the sports centers, you watch the, mm-hmm. the you know, the highlight reels, and and then you catch the still photos and you're going, oh my gosh, especially how that. far off the ground. Yeah, how far off the ground, how close was that to the wall, how unbelievable was that catch, and then you, you stop it in real time and actually drink it in, and that's where you're like, damn. That was an an unbelievable catch. And I love the fact uh, that we have StatCast and all these numbers now that say catch probabilities. In the moment, it's a 90% catch probability, but they don't take the wall into account. The following day, you look up that same play, and it goes from a 90% catch probability to a 65% catch probability. (laughs) And that's what I love is that you can kind of quantify and put a number to it and see what's going on. But that was truly an amazing play. It's it's one of the more hyper-athletic plays is to be able to run that far, put yourself in a position to get that far off the ground, and then throw the glove up there. And and, you know that still photos the gloves up, the head's down, because he was anticipating where that ball would be, and he snatched it out of midair. That, That was unbelievable. It is unreal, and uh, and it's it's funny too because um, if you go to our the, to the Believe in Astros Instagram, you'll see the, his comments after the game talking about mm-hmm. how you know and his Dusty's only comment was uh, you got to throw the ball back in. We could have gotten a double play. <laughs> it's so hey, classic, dude, Dusty. Classic let the guy have his glory, man. <laughs> I know it was Jeez, unbelievable. He wasn't going to yeah. double the guy off. 
I know, but come on, Dusty's going to be Dusty, yeah. man. That's how it is. Yeah. But like, la- like the comeback though on Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, to me, that felt like, and you correct me if if you if you think I'm wrong, but that felt like a turning point in the season. Like that felt like a shift in like okay, enough fooling around with this. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, to me, it felt like they turned a, a, turned on a switch, a switch that we've seen from this team for years. And that was the first time I feel like we've seen that really this year. Yeah, this is, and it's a moment in, in the schedule where you need to take advantage of the Chicago Cubs, the Oakland A's, and, and games like this. But for the first seven innings, I, you know, it was about exactly. the mid-six that I leaned over to TK, and I'm like, man, are we just sleepwalking through this game? We're just mailing it in, saying, well, we took two out of three in the series. Right. And then all of a sudden, the eighth inning happens where you pick up two runs, and you're like, huh, we're kind of in striking distance, you know, this and the part of the lineup that's coming up, you're like, well, if they turn the lineup over, you get to Jordan and Alex mm-hmm. Bregman and think good, some good things can happen. And that's exactly what happened because <laughs> you bring in Keegan Thompson for the Cubs, you know, a walk and a blast. And that's exactly what happened with nobody yep. out. Jake Myers, I think Jake Myers home run might've like electrified that dugout because all of a sudden everybody went, we're only one run back and we have the top of our lineup coming up. And all of a sudden, yeah. you, like I said earlier, a walk, a blue pit, reach on an air, somehow get on base and just bring the winning run to home plate or get the winning run on base. And that's exactly what happened and gave Kyle Tucker the opportunity to come back and win that game. But you could see the excitement after the game. They felt like that was a big game for them, too. Yeah, I think they really did. And it was really fun to to sort of see. I, it was funny because I had tuned away from it for just a little bit. Uh, in the seventh inning, um, can't blame you. <laughs> yeah, well, and, yeah, right. Um, and it wasn't really for that. It was my wife and I were watching something, a show before she, you know, she gets up so early. Sometimes she goes to bed earlier than I do. I figured out I'll, I'll just rewind it and watch it on the DVR when we're done. And mm-hmm. my buddy Frank just texted me, "Holy shit!" And I was like, I guess something happened. I better go look. Got to tune in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that's uh, – I always know that something happens in the Astros game when one of a couple of different people will send me a text. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. clearly something is going on. So – and you just said it, Blummer, too. This is we, – we talked about how they need to feast on this schedule. Like oh. they're, you know, they're coming up. They're going to have a couple of tough outings coming up. They've got the Brewers coming up. And, um, you know, they're going to – it's another road trip. Uh, they need to. They have to feast on these guys. I mean, Oakland is one of the worst teams ever, and so let's just go literally. ahead and yeah, literally. And I so don't, I don't just, want to bury the Oakland A's too much, but we put right. up a stat the other day. There are teams with number. The only teams that we could find with similar numbers or worse numbers, believe it or not, in Major League Baseball history was in the eighteen hundreds. Yes, in fact. The word I just saw this on uh, Astros Country. God bless him. He's brought back uh, post game hot links, which is one of the coolest things you'll ever go to. And he said Oakland is ten and thirty six. Says it says now the worst record in Major League history belongs to the eighteen ninety nine Cleveland Spiders. Spiders who went twenty and one hundred and thirty four. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> they finished their season eighty four games back. And they said Jim Hewley, statistically the Spiders' best pitcher, had a four and thirty record. Oh four my and gosh! 30. How do you recover from that? I don't know. And they, in the modern era, quote unquote, uh, the nineteen sixteen Philly Athletics 
uh, went of 36 course. and 117 three years after they won the World Series. Oh, dang. Fire <laughs> sale. I mean, just, um, yeah, but that's that's how historically bad this Oakland A's team is. So if you're the Astros, you have to go out there and just waylay them. You know, make up some ground in the division. You know, get your oh, guys healthy your and back. stats. Get your yeah. numbers, boys. Exactly. Get a, get on those. Figure out where that where in your contract that says if you have X number of this or X number mm-hmm. of that. Start reading that contract. Get the details. Because yeah. now is the time. Absolutely. Especially three lefties. Who who throws three lefty starters in a series? I mean, uh, a team that's desperate. Ugh. Good lord! I mean, and you don't want it's to okay th- to have, yeah, it's okay to have the lefties in your rotation, but split them up. You don't want to throw them against this lineup. Are you kidding oh, me? Man, yeah, they're this like heavy oh, right-handed lineup. Sp- and never mind the heavy right-handed lineup. You got two of the best <laughs> left-handed hitting lefties in baseball. The two best, yeah, yeah. Left on left, they don't they don't give a damn. They're like, oh, no. bring it. Who cares? I'm gonna it's, get my knocks. It's it's le- it's you know what it is, Blummer. Borderline orgasmic. That's what it is. <laughs> this is we are in that moment <laughs> it's on episode exactly 69, right. shall we say. Exactly. On episode 69, we are in that. That is exactly right. In, you know. We know this. So, all right. So, I I, had, I thought this would be kind of fun on a, week, on a weekly basis to do a little section on props and drops, like guys that are really deserve mm-hmm. some props and some guys who maybe have struggled a little bit. We'll start with the props, and this is one I don't think this guy gets enough praise this season is Hector Neris. Like, he flies so under the radar in that bullpen. He's got a 1.4 mm-hmm. ERA in 19 and a third innings and an 879 whip, but in his last five games, no runs, one hit, three walks. Like, this is a guy who I think is just gets overlooked a lot, and he has been spectacular. His his nickname should be Everyday Hector because yes, uh, you know we noticed this last season sitting in the booth. You know, you, it was about this point in the season too where he had like twenty appearances, and TK and I are kind of looking at each other and we're like, "Damn, Hector Neris is coming in again." And Dusty keeps calling down there, and they and he keeps picking up the phone and grabbing the baseball. And you need guys like that in your bullpen that are just relentless. They're just like, "Oh, you want me to throw? I'll, I'll throw. I'll give me the ball. Give me the ball." Right. And I think that's where Hector Neris kind of flies under the radar is that you see him frequently, but you see him from you, you see him from the sixth inning to the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. And he's got close to, I want to say he's got 85, 87 career saves, you know, so he did some serious late inning lifting for the Philadelphia Phillies. Right. So if Presley has the night off and Montero can't go or somebody, give the ball to Hector Neris, man. The guy doesn't have the the electric stuff of a Stanek or the spin of a Presley, but he goes out there. The dude pitches. He's got some movement, a little late, you know, late tail on that fastball. Mm-hmm. His split finger is has been ridiculous here in the last uh, couple of outings. He's got a great feel for that pitch. And that's what makes him good is that he has pitches to get right-handed hitters out, but he also has plenty to get left-handed hitters out. And that's why he's so valuable and maybe a little overlooked because he comes in. You're like, oh, Hector Neris is in. We'll see what we do in the bottom of this inning because he's going to shut down the A's in this inning. It's, he's, he's really yeah. good. He's like an offensive lineman in football you don't really think about him until a penalty is called you know what i mean yeah i mean or or until you show the slow motion replay and he's all he's pulling to the outside leading the way and you're like pancaking guys yeah Yeah. he's he's just been really impressive this year in a in a bullpen that is 
exceptional, <sighs> right? They're pitching World Series like in the last two weeks. It's incredible. I mean, Phil Maton again, the serial killer. Damn, dude, he is just an assassin. Seventeen of nineteen outings with zero with a big fat zero. Like that's just that's unbelievable. All right, another prop we should give out is to Jake Myers. Look. Dude. Jake Myers looks more and more like 2021 Jake Myers. Um, he's obviously been hitting better, but he's, according to baseball savant, he's in mm-hmm. the 90th percentile in outs above average in the outfield. Isn't that like crazy? His, his defense is elite in the outfield. And we were worried. Remember, we were so worried because like we were worried his arm strength wasn't going to come back. And it's clearly back. His metrics are unbelievable. His, yeah. his, I mean, there, you could really, you could get seriously lost in baseball savant, by the way. No, for sure. So, so if you're a, if you're a nerd and you want to see some of these numbers, just start clicking on things because you're going to find numbers <laughs> that you never <laughs> thought. But what's great is that you can, I could sit in the booth behind home plate and I can watch some of the jumps. You can watch the closing speed. Uh, you can see the angles he's taking. And Savant will actually give you numbers to back that up and quantify yes. what he's actually doing. And that's how they come up with these outs above average or right. defensive runs saved. We always talk about DRSs. And Jake Myers fills those voids, but he makes it look easy. He looks like he's about 15 years old yeah. and uh, he can flat out fly. I think that's what uh, we kind of discount during the course of the game is a dude can flat out get it on the on with the legs and he can close speed. He plays great defensively, but I still think this this is one of those things that we would kind of, we were anticipating or waiting for over the last couple of years is can he come back from that injury? And I think he's over that mental hurdle of hurting himself yeah. or, or, you know, protecting that arm a little bit. And now he's playing a little more freer and we're getting a chance to see what he can do. It felt like too, a little bit like he was, he was really, he was overstraining himself. Like he was mm-hmm. really pressing, you know, and as we all know from, from watching sports or in your case, actually playing them, when you do that, it gets in your head and, and you really yeah. struggle. It's just like a guy in basketball who misses a bunch of shots in a row, you know, that after a bit, I mean, after a little bit, you're like, shit, I'm not going to make anything today, am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it gets in your head, you know, and you start changing what you do. And I feel like Meyer, you know, he, he's talked about how he's, you know, changed his mechanics a little bit and he's, you know, worked with hitting coaches. But I'll tell you, defensively, the guy is just so impressive. Um, and I mean, it's a remarkable, too, considering how good Chaz McCormick is. Um, yeah, they've that, got luxury items out there now. Yeah, when it comes to defense, I mean, there is there a need to be. I mean, if you bring in a late inning defensive replacement in center field, it's purely because one guy's tired. It has yeah. nothing to do with anything other than that because they're they're both really really high end. Other prop, one more props to give, and that's to Drew Gilbert, who uh, moved up to Double A Corpus Christi. The kid is probably going to be in Sugarland in a month or two. I mean. Uh, did you see what Jose Altuve said? Keep an eye on him. Did you see what Jose Altuve said about him? He's like he he's like he's big league ready. He said he has a beautiful swing. Like he was stroking him. And I mean, he's and he's diminutive, uh, like like uh, Altuve is five yep. nine. But the the guy is a there's. I'm trying to think. Of, there's a term that they used to use in 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 football. But he's a bulldog on the field, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he will literally run through a wall as we saw what happened last yep. year. He's great defensively, like plus plus defensively in the outfield. Yep. Um, and he's got home run 
easy home run power. Like his swing is like that. He's coming. He's coming fast. Like if you if you have a chance to go down to Corpus and catch the a hooks game, which I'm yeah, going to do, him. it's you got to go because he's yeah. going to be up here sooner than we think. And that's kind of the crazy thought. And then you you <clears throat> say, wow, this guy's moving quickly through the system. You got to remember, college guy. Yeah. Um, and you know, what he went to Tennessee, right? I believe that's correct. Yes. So you're playing in the SEC, and you know I played in the Pac-10 back in the well, it was actually the six pack back in my day. You know, it was a six hey. pack. We didn't have what? Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I guess, but uh, uh, not by choice. Now we're Gen but, Xers, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So let's be so let's be serious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, it, they compared the college game to a double A style baseball, or at least level of talent, and I think that's where some of these college guys you can push them a little bit but drew gilbert if he wasn't injured who knows he might have started in double a this season right so he was kind of backed up with the injuries he had in the last couple of years now he's getting the chance to be promoted and really expose how good he is and i think the astros are doing a good a good thing in saying let's see what he can do see if he can adjust how where is he at Mm -hmm. and now you're starting to see that measuring stick a little bit okay he's at double a doing a good job making plays he's an impact type guy and i think you're right he may get bumped up you know if he's in triple a by the all-star break i think your ears should kind of turn up a little bit at like, yes. like they are now you're kind of like hmm why is he moving so fast and i think that's the question you ask afterwards is like why is this guy moving so fast what is the plan for him yeah. and it kind of leads into that trade deadline are there going to be some guys exposed that you're going to go out there and get some pitching or maybe another infielder i don't know but there's yeah. going to be opportunities maybe for drew gilbert to move up a little bit quickly and just as a comp for a guy like drew gilbert mm-hmm. lenny dykstra oh lenny well let's hope only on the field yes no i'm <laughs> speaking purely as a player just that kind of compact powerhouse that a lenny dykstra can bring and that excitement maybe yeah. maybe a little little player comp, a, not personality a, comp i don't yeah. think we want to compare anybody to that personality <laughs> because listen speaking of howard stern if you ever want to hear some lenny dykstra that you really don't want to know about mm. listen to some of the interviews he's done on there because uh the man has issues I'm just going to say that, um, you know, it's appropriate that we're talking about Lenny Dykstra on episode 69, just saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of his size, in terms of that compact power that he has. And look, man, <clears throat> he's got speed too, which is, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of things to offer, which is, no, it's no wonder he's moving up quickly. Look, the Astros take a lot of SEC guys, right? Yeah. They, There's a reason for that. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're prepared. All right. A few guys who've dropped David Hensley option to Sugarland. He only had eight hits and like 83 at bats, I think. Mm. You know, Hensley needs time to hit. He, I think it's good for him to be back in Sugarland. He needs to get, you know, a bunch of at bats per week. Um, yeah. He's a hitter. Right, that's his deal. He's he's a, a decent fielder. That's his primary use. Yes, his primary use is he's a hitter. He's a big guy, uh, you know, who can hit with power. But command uh, and zone. He's, he's got and he's got fantastic strike zone discipline. One of the honestly, really within the organization, one of the better strike zone discipline guys. But mm-hmm. he's just got to get more time at the plate, right? 
Yeah, he's got to figure himself out because he burst onto the scene last season with that strike zone command, the ability to hit the ball yeah. the other way, had some pop in there in that big old frame of six foot six, but uh, something went awry. And I'm not yeah. sure what it is, if it's mentality, if it's mechanical, but uh, yeah, he needed, he needs some more seasoning and, and hopefully he sees it that way too, instead of a complete demotion and mm-hmm. uh, something entirely negative, he needs to understand that this is, this is an opportunity for him to get right and force the issue again by swinging the bat well. Yeah. It seems, he seems stiff to me. Like he just seemed like he was that, that's unsh- mechanical rigidity. <laughs> yeah. He just didn't look right. He just hadn't looked right up there. Uh, mm. Second one on our drops, J.P. France. So had a tough outing Wednesday, only went three and two-thirds, gave up six earned runs. Uh, Dusty Baker made the comment that he had a cutter that didn't cut, and this is the kind of thing that happens, gave up a couple of home runs. I, it, this just feels like a blip to me because it was not – he does have good stuff, um, but he just did not have good stuff that night. And, you know, when you have a ball that cuts right over the heart of the plate, that's trouble. Oh, man. There, well, that was the problem. You can, you know, and I always, we always hear the term, you know, he, he was unable to locate, he's wild, um, you know, he's not hitting his spots. And everybody mm-hmm. assumes that's, oh, he's going to have five walks in the game. You can be wild over the middle of the part of the plate. And that's yeah. where JP France was, was a wild <laughs> over the middle of the part of the plate. Uh, mistakes were being made. They were being hit hard. And that's how big leaguers make their money is off of mistake pitches, not nasty pitches as far as hitters are concerned. And uh, unfortunately, JP France got taken advantage of. My question is, you know, if we can get two out of three good start or two out of three good starts from JP France moving forward, I'm in. Yeah. Same thing with Brandon Belak. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the goal really is just trying to get solid. Out. I mean, you don't, you're not expecting, and in both cases, both guys are five, you know, they're fifth in the rotation. It's just right now yeah. one of them has to be fourth. Cause you're, you're mid and Jose, your is supposed to start throwing next week. Thankfully, yeah, that was um, actually good news on her key, to be honest. I thought so too, and uh, and you've got Lance uh, is already throwing bullpen sessions as well. So hopefully we'll get one of those guys back in the next few weeks. But you know these guys are number five in your rotation, and nobody expects number five in your rotation to be giving you you know six seven innings of you know shutout ball every yeah. uh, you know every time they take the mound. So the goal is is to try and you know mitigate your losses. Um, maybe get to that bullpen early if you need to, and then hopefully give him some run support. So, yeah, I feel like Francis, look, he's fun for the club too. Mm -hmm. I just think he's a good story, you know, and I hope he can keep, I hope he can keep it going. I fear he's going to have to go back down though when one of the starters returns, because I don't think you're going to send B like down. We'll see. Yeah, you'll see. We'll see. Last guy drops, and this is not his fault. Luis Garcia had his surgery yesterday, Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. He's going to miss all of this year, probably a chunk of next year. Truth be told, he probably won't be back to normal Luis Garcia until 2025, which feels like a really long time because, well, quite frankly, it is. And these are the kind of things that we have to deal with with injuries. It's just a huge bummer because, I mean, it just is. It sucks, but, you know. Here we are. No, he's he's good. He's a piece of your rotation, and anytime you lose a piece of your rotation for at least a year and a half, that's the frustrating part about it. So, you know, maybe it's it's September of next season. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but all you can do is just kind of you know hope the surgery went successfully, and yeah. and hopefully the rehab goes extremely well. I know the Astros have a very good training staff and medical staff that's going to take care of him, and just 
Be patient if you're Luis Garcia. Be patient if you're a fan. He will be back. At what shape or form, we have no idea because these things are kind of uh, tenuous when you're dealing with uh, Tommy John surgery. But a lot of guys come back and they're successful afterwards, so there's hope. That's right. And uh, last thing before we go, teams have been doing. There's been a lot of teams doing coordinated home run celebrations this year. Mm-hmm. Astros are not one of them as of yet. Um, Blummer, I'm curious. Are you in or out on the coordinated home run celebration? I'm, I'm in. Some of them have gotten ridiculous with the props. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think that you need to go that far. But I, I, you know, the the Boston Red Sox, you know, throwing guys in a laundry bin, carting them around is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think the Trident helmet the thing Trident. in Seattle is a little much for me. Uh, you know, the, I like the sport coat in Toronto. I think that's kind of yeah. cool. Um, but let's not forget the Astros started this. It started right. with the Bregman stare. With the stare. It started with the bobsled in Boston when uh, they did that as a coordinated. So I think the Astros are kind of like, yeah, that's cool, guys. We did that. We don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> so they've kind of set the tone early. I think they're kind of past that, and they're trying to reinvent what they're actually going to do. But I do appreciate that it happens in the dugout because yeah. it's a team thing, and it's not – you know bat flipping and pointing at the pitcher, you know, so it's a little, it's a little more respectful in the sense that you're doing it in your own dugout with your own team and doing it for the TV camera for the fans at homes. I love it. The best celebrations in any sport are the ones that are done for the purposes of celebrating, not for the purposes of taunting. Always. It's always, I mean, it doesn't matter what sport you're in. Taunting makes you look kind of like a jackass um petty yeah yeah, like kind of stupid like i get it if you dunk on somebody and maybe you want to stare at him a little bit i understand you know i I understand if you don't know you better ask somebody i get it i'm with you (laughs) because i've i've been there i've been been dunked on before and i get Mm -hmm. it it's cool if it's playful and fun or whatever but honestly when you're having a team celebration i'm with you i'm in on those i kind of like the trident although it is weird that they have the trident i don't like the helmet and everything that goes with it just too Take the trident, walk down the end of the dugout, the, the you know, trident raise it in glory, is, and then move on. The trident is funny because I read a story about how they have to break it down to take it with them on the road. It yeah. has to go through like it has to be in a checked bag. Like there's all these. <laughs> it's like really pretty funny. I I I do think that teams will have to be careful to not be stupid, right? You know, you got to mm-hmm. be. There is a you, limit. There is a limit. Guys need to be clever it needs to be clever if it's clever Clever is key yeah being clever is key because if it's not clever then it just seems stupid and you don't want to trying too hard you don't want to be like trying too hard as a this this guy i used to know musician i used to play with he would say you think you're funny but the joke's on you yeah (laughs) that's you don't want that nobody wants that nobody wants to be the punchline no all right. Thanks for joining us today, Ray Blumer. Any final thoughts? I know you early game today, three o'clock starts. Um, man, it's three o'clock starts are weird, man. I will be listening on the radio from the beach. Thank you very much. Shut up. All right. <laughs> That's enough. That's right. I'm going to be hanging out at the beach. We're going to visit a good friend of ours in Galveston who uh, good. <clears throat> is awesome. She and her husband are big, huge Astros fans. And she's one of the toughest people I know. She's a cancer survivor and still fighter. And, oh, man. Uh, God bless her. Yeah. Very, very impressive uh, people. So going down there and hanging at the beach. What about, uh, so Blummer, what do you got going this weekend besides the Astros? You get another, getting another are tea you, time in some point? 
Are you kidding me? I no, hell no, not this week. <laughs> I uh, just so oh, fans right. know. Uh, well, the team's going on the road, and they will be in Milwaukee f- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I will not be on that broad on those broadcasts. Jeff Bagwell will be. Okay. And the reason for that is because this is graduation week coming up for me. <gasps> oh and my god, I forgot. I have three seniors who are all graduating on Wednesday, the 24th from a seven lakes high school. And it's going to be emotional. It's going to be exciting. And uh, it's going to be a little crazy because we got family and friends coming into town for the graduation wow. parties and the graduation day. I will join the team in Oakland for that Oakland series. Oh, lucky me uh, <laughs> right? getting to go to the Coliseum with all of my, you know, 1500, you know, closest friends. But yeah, it's a big week in the Blum household. Blummer, congratulations to your daughters. Uh, that yeah, is fantastic. Uh, the high school graduations and now, now comes the uh, college bill. Yeah. The college is, tuition the, bills. Yeah. It comes due. I mean, you already have mm. one there. Now you're going to have three more. I can't believe yeah. you're going to have three at Arkansas and then one outlier at LSU. That's Isn't that incredible. crazy. Who would have thought? I moved. We moved from California in 2017 to Texas, and now I've got four Southern girls. They love it down here. <laughs> that is so good. That is so excellent. All right, guys. Thanks so much for. We'll be back on Tuesday uh, next week. Somebody, Megan, the other the person I met at. Uh, she mm-hmm. also had another good question. She said, "How do we know when you guys are going to be on?" So actually, there is a bit of a formula. Um, we always do mornings. It's typically Tuesday or Wednesday and Friday or Saturday during uh, a week mm-hmm. that we do two. So we do two one week, one the next, six a month. And then usually Tuesday or Wednesday the next week. And here's how you can figure it out. If there is a day game on the Tuesday or Friday, we will likely not be wor- broadcasting that day because, well, Blummer has to prepare. He's got to like drink his or energy tea times. drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was yesterday was your tea time. <laughs> <laughs> we, that's what happened yesterday. Somebody yeah. had to go get himself an eagle. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I played no, well. Yeah, I mean, hey, you were two under, which means you're par, uh, after two, which means you, you manage par on the first hole. I can do math. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's normally how we figure it out is if there's a day game, we're not going to be doing it that day. <clears throat> because, you know, Blummer's got to, like, he's got to get in the gym. He's got to take some yes. BP. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> True, when's, the last, true. when's the last time you took BP, Blummer? Oh, man. Uh, might have been that 2019 season when we actually <laughs> did the uh, Home Run Derby back in the day. Nice. You should get out there one day. Let them throw you a few. Just see what... Oh, I went to a Home Run Dugout uh, early, oh, yeah. earlier in the year. There home you Run go. Home Run Dugout here, out here in Katy. Uh, man, I was taking some... Phew, behemoth hacks out there yeah man and i recommend it for everybody too dude it's for gorgeous. sure by speaking of which you could get out there and do it now because you don't have to wear a tie anymore i was oh, just thank I was, god you know it's so funny we were ties chatting about stupid. this the other day ties suck ties suck yes. i don't care what you think ties are stupid and i'm with you I, I just i thought it was important to point out that if you see any photo of blummer and a tie you know it was prior to this year Yes, that's 100% right. Yeah, chronologically, you can figure it out. (laughs) It's pretty good to know. All right, Mm -hmm. so everybody, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Really appreciate everybody's participation. Uh, Huge thanks to all the listeners and viewers across the world. Not sure there's going to be YouTube up today since I will be uh, getting on the road here in just a little bit. Get to the beach, man. But I will have that up this weekend. Um, Thank you for liking and subscribing and commenting. Thank you, Megan, again, for saying hello and uh, shout out. Uh, 
Keep on sending us that stuff. We're very thankful for, to have you all guys paying attention and listening. Keep it coming. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll be at the beach. Blummer will be at the game. I'm just rubbing that in because yesterday he was out on the golf course while I was working you my can. butt off. I earned it. <laughs> As always, thanks, guys. Go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.